So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Today we are talking about 1999, a very, very big year for me. This is the first year I went, but much more about that as we go on. The name for this year is Halloween Horror Nights 9, Last Gasp. I am Matt, and joining me once again is my good friend, fellow Halloween Horror Nights fan and co-host, Quint. Hi. Figured this episode is going to be long, might as well give you the longest title yet. Exactly. So... Last gasp is the name. I when I when I first started looking at this, I, I looked at the at the brochure cover mm-hmm. and I, I saw the cat the catchphrase and the uh, um uh, the, the name of the event, shall we say? And I'm like, I think I know what ride opened this year. <laughs> Actually, it did not. It didn't. No, it's like that because the m- first movie came out. Oh, so it wasn't until the movie actually became a franchise that the ride came out. Okay, we're talking about the Mummy. If yes. people haven't put two and two together, no, uh, last gasp. I don't know where the name comes from, huh. other than I- maybe it's a play on it being the last year before the year two thousand. I mean, two thousand is it? Two thousand is the last year of the millennia. Then two thousand one is a new millennia. Correct? Yes, that's how that works. But yeah, except every- everybody was freaked out about the new millennia yeah. in 2000. Exactly. So I'm, I don't know if it's a play on that. Mm. Could be. Don't know for sure. But the theme, yeah, the event guide, as you described or alluded to, we didn't really describe it yet, is oh. a close-up of a mummy breaking through his wrappings. Yes. And, and it's uh, the decay on the teeth is especially good. <laughs> yeah, in this one, <laughs> and uh, uh, the uh, uh, I don't know if they're tears or just the water from the eye sockets rolling down the bandages. Yeah, it's, there's some good uh, detail in this, right? And and curiously, but but actually, the effect is I think is much better. Instead of going with like blood dripping from the eyes or anything, they just went with like the the clear viscous mucus yeah. looking thing. And it's also dropping, dripping from the teeth, teeth and it's yep. just, it's so, it's so much better than doing the blood. It's, it's, it's a subtle thing, but it's m- better than doing blood, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. I didn't even really picture this with even having the blood, but now that if I, you're right, if it were blood, it would take away from the imagery. It is that it's, and of course there's a missing us. tooth, which <laughs> two missing teeth, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yeah. And no eyelids. Oh. It's a skull. It's, it seems like there's a skull underneath all that, and just the eyes are barely held in with some sinew and muscle. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, what is it with them and the eyes? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, 
just coming off of 90 was it 97 or the but even then the, the, the year before 96 with the 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 bloodshot oh, yeah. Yeah, the, um, yeah the yeah, jaundice the, eyes yeah the jaundice the jaundice reptilian eyes yeah. or cat eyes actually they're closer to i don't know what that what that beast uh, was whatever the reptilian sort of thing whatever yep. but yeah they they've um they've gone back to eyes again and it it still works <laughs> and the, and the thing is is like even when I lean around in my monitor, it still looks like it's looking right at me, no matter what angle I get, right? right. So, okay, last gasp is the subtitle. And this year, the marketing phrase, the catchphrase of the event is actually ties into that. It's actually a continuation. It's almost like the entire sentence or the entire, I don't know what you would call it. It all goes hand in hand is what I'm trying to say. So Halloween Horror Night's last gasp with the phrase, save your breath, you'll need it for screaming. Yeah, and, and and one of the sites also has Sayonara. I don't know why. Sayonara. I am not sure why, other than if it ties into the end of the what people considered the end of the millennia, be it technically the end or not. Could be. Yeah, it, it's very strange. That I mean, apart from the imagery, the, the image of the mummy, it makes perfect sense. It's going to make a lot more sense as we get into the show. Sure. Uh, the, the rest of it, really, I can't put my finger on what they're trying to express here. Not that they need to express anything, but I just can't put my finger on what it is. Yeah. And looking through the list, it's, it's, we're going to get into something that I didn't realize that you'd actually gone through. So this is going to be fun. Okay. So, all right. For the dates of the event, we'll get to the date. So we start off, it kicks off. We finally are kicking off October with Halloween Horror Nights, as it should be. And as we've, well, I was going to say come to know it, but we've, we've known it since, uh, <laughs> September. Starting in September, yes. But this officially starts on the 1st of October, 1st and 2nd, 8th and 9th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, then rolls over into the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. Wow, just doesn't stop, does it? It goes 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31st. I didn't even notice that. That is it's an 11 a day stretch. Days. That's, that is, that breaks the record of 10. Yep. Our official uh, longest stretch. And it, Interestingly, 25, which is the most nights ever for the event, has no week-long stretches. Yeah, they, they figure, I mean, we talked about the evolution of things, and I think mm -hmm. they're just figuring out which days work for them the most and which days drag yeah. in the, the visitors and the money. That's probably, in fact, I, yeah, that I'm sure that's a large part of it. Plus, I think, um, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about uh, the behind-the-scenes. Well, we've talked some about the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I think... The teardown and setup has now, in this day and age, gotten to where they perfected it. Right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. They, they have a crew. They know how to do this. They can they can turn this around in ninety minutes, and then bam, they're going. But even in ninety nine, you know, we're only the ninth year in. It's still getting bigger and bigger, and it's still changing up things a lot. It, it still had to be a challenge back then. You said a word in that that is pretty important they they do have a crew that we've gotten to the point or we're getting to the point i should say it definitely is like that now i think we are well underway in 1999 where we've got a crew for halloween hard nights you just don't have your characters you're probably starting to assemble a crew and, and, mm -hmm. and it's a large enough number that it is a crew to turn over the park and get things going especially when you have an 11 night in a row run yeah. crew i think is actually a really important word to, that you use there yeah, I mean they they really have to be. I mean these guys have to be on their on their game. Yes, yeah, that is one thing 
of all the research I've done, and I've done it for all the years now, and, and we continue to add to it as we learn things, I have yet to really learn the mechanics, for lack of a better term, behind the turnover. I mean, I, I can speculate, and I would hazard a guess a lot of my speculation is correct, but I just really don't know. That is an answer if anyone's willing to provide information on. That doesn't get you in any situation you shouldn't be into, because I, right. I, I, I mean, I know people are have been with this event for many years and continue to. And if there's trade secrets, don't, no, don't, don't, we don't want to know that. We don't want to get anyone in trouble, but if there's something you can share, we'd love to hear it. It was actually one of my, my question lists for, for Mike, when we did the interview, we just didn't, couldn't get to it. There was so much we were talking about. Oh, was about the turnover. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, what what goes into the logistics of, of doing this turnover in 90 minutes? Like, you know, after the night, I get it. You've got a career that can spend till the morning to get the park ready and cleaned up and all that stuff. That's normal. But what is that 90 minute? What is involved in the logistics of that 90 minutes? Yes. Yes. I would love to know. And, and I just didn't get to that question. We, 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 I mean, we only, we already used uh, what <laughs> five, 10 minutes more of his time than, than we yeah. were allotted. Thank goodness. Right. Um, so yeah, I just didn't want to prolong it. No, no. I, and I, and I, and then yeah, hopefully, I mean, we've already, our plan, our original plan, and I know we're, we're kind of, uh, we're not dragging our feet on 99. It's just, uh, we're getting this out there. Our plan was to just cover year by year. Well, we very quickly have found a lot more, more subjects we can focus a special episode on. In fact, we just finished recording one, and I really see a uh, a distinct possibility of doing some behind the scenes stuff once once we learn them. So hopefully, this opens up an opportunity for people to share information and us for to share it back to anyone that wants to listen to the show. Yeah, we we actually had planned this to be a short run podcast, yeah. but it's looking like it's going to run a bit longer than <laughs> I think we, so, we yep. <laughs> initially done. That's not to say. I mean, I, I think what we're going to do is is release all of the twenty five stuff as right after twenty five happens. But the the anything in the gap, you'll get after. Yes. Yep. So anyway, back to nineteen ninety nine. Uh, we did the dates, the times. We're pretty locked into the times for a little while, from what I remember. We'll know more as we go on. But seven p.m. to midnight for the Sunday and Thursday nights. Seven p.m. to two a.m. for Friday and Saturday. And that, like I said, I think that holds out for quite a while. Prices: gate admission is forty two dollars. Not too much different from last year. Florida residents last year. Is it the same? Okay, that's that's. I thought forty two looked familiar. Forty two yep. is a number that sticks in anyone's head. That's Red Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. Yep. <laughs> Florida resident discount brings it down to thirty seven ninety five. I don't have the details on the extra discounts, but I think we've pretty much established a pattern of bringing in the Pepsi and or Coke label, depending on who they're partnering with this year. That's I think we're not so important at this point now. Yeah, it's the base price that is always interesting to look at, especially considering we just talked about budgeting and saving for Halloween Horror Nights in a special we just did. So seeing $42 is like, wow. Yeah, that's not what we were just talking about. No. (laughs) We've got one Scare Zone, three shows, and five mazes. So Scare Zone, once again, Midway of the Bazaar. Definitely, we already said it was a staple. This just solidifies it even further. Shows Festival of the Dead Parade, Deadly Delusions, and of course, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Five mazes are Doomsday, Insanity, The Mummy, Psycho Through the Mind of Norman Bates, and the first house, uh, a technical addition to a house of something we love. I, I, I think it's safe for me to speak for the both of us. Oh, yeah. 
the universal creature features in 3D. So their first 3D house. Yes. And we have um we have seen some really really creative stuff that they've done with 3D. Yes. Yep. So more on that very soon here. So I will go to the press release. I always love when I'm able to find a press release. I, I don't know why. <laughs> They're not that exciting, but they it just I feel a sense it's, of accomplishment it's when that I find a historic them. thing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's the thing. You're right. So on September 29th, 1999, this is what was released to all the news outlets locally. Well, not just locally, but I'm sure everywhere. Uh, it might be even a people didn't at this point. I'm really not sure how that works. The release read, party like it's 1999. Uh, I'm, all right. Everyone said that. I'm not going to criticize. Uh, you can't really ding them on that one. Yeah, Come on, man. You can't not do that in 1999. It's a missed opportunity. So, all right. Uh, because if you're faint of heart, you may not make it to year 2000. Halloween Horror Nights returns this October with a, the all-new Universal Creature feature in 3D, deranged, distorted, and demented. The fog-filled streets of Universal Studios are once again filled with roaming gangs that stalk the living. They waltz in the shadows, they hide in the dark, and you'll only see them when it's too late. Happy Halloween. That's it. That is the press blurb. That's uh, you know, I it's actually pretty cool because the press blurb is 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 basically it's taking into uh, account that you know what you know what this is already, and especially for Florida residents, we're not even saying new stuff anymore or anything. It's just like you know what this is. We're doing new stuff this year. Come on and join us. You know, it's not a a. Oh, if you haven't heard of us, we're here. Oh, yeah. It's like, we're here. Now, I didn't know how to lay out my notes because this is the first time I went this year. So I had, I kind of typed up some notes on what my story is going into this year. I don't know if this is a good place to put it or not. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Before we get into the details. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, real quick, we it, it, just, it picks up where it went last year. Now, at this point, my aforementioned girlfriend from... 1998 is now my wife in 1999 we had gotten married this may or the may of this year may of 1999 so we're newly married we have a new house and we got little money so we entertain ourselves on the cheap now halloween horror nights 1999 comes along i already talked about how i bothered her or bothered her how i was i missed 98 and was kicking myself well, apart from wanting to go, since my wife is now a, an employee at Universal Studios, we can go for free together on the employee preview night. So my very first experience with Halloween Horror Nights was with the rest of the Universal Studios employees and their guest on employee preview night in 1999. That's pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool. I mean, that's like, that is the rowdiest crowd only because it's it's not only because well you're we said this in several episodes you, you go to Halloween Horror Nights you're, you're it's like you're going with a bunch of friends even though you don't know the thousands of people thousands of people around you these people don't do or do know the people that are around them so it's even right. more so yeah no that that sounds like uh, that sounds like a blast yeah it was it was fun it's it's different it is definitely different than going even on a peak night because so many people know each other now it's less for me because I don't know as many people, but I did get to know a lot of people while Christie's been working there and even more now. So actually if I had gone now, I'd probably be even, I'd be almost part of the, the family just by association. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so first impressions, I, I mean, I, I knew what the event was. Christie had described it to me. 
But you know as well as anybody else, no amount of description really prepares you for what you see when you step in there. Right. And it was sensory overload. I mean, yes. it, was, it just really was. I really can't tell you what my first impression was because so many images flood through my head of it. I mean, I remember scare zones, but I can't tell you what the first thing I saw was. I remember the Bill and I think we went to Bill and Ted's first. I think we went to the first Bill and Ted show that night. Was not expecting, and I, and I went in with the same attitude we we talked about in our first timer special. It's like why Bill and Ted, and coming out of there going, oh my god, when's the next one? Yeah, I I, I just cannot pinpoint many specific things until we get to the mazes themselves. It was just an overwhelming experience, and I'm on one hand really envious of anyone that's going for the first time in 25 because it's going to be like 10 oh, times what it was in 99 balls to the wall yeah. uh now my wife on the other hand I, I wanted to get this out because i want anyone that has similar experience to share it with us my wife on the other hand is basically there's an imprint of her nose and cheekbones in my back <laughs> because that's where her face was the entire <laughs> night uh, even doubly so through the houses <laughs> but yet she still wanted to stay the night and enjoy herself. So I was, I just am curious if anyone else out there has someone that they go with that misses 99% of it because they're hiding, but yet having the time of their lives. Cause that is kind of the night Christy was having at first. Yeah. I, I well, my wife would have been the same. Okay. Okay. Like, now I, she never, she has never gone with me and she is just like, Nope, 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 Nope. She is the Nope octopus of, of, Halloween Horror okay. Nights. <laughs> now, I'll say that has grown old for hers, and she doesn't enjoy it. And she never not liked it. She just didn't get the enjoyment out of it, and was like, I'm not going again just to put my face in your back for five hours. So it wears yeah. thin, but she still had a good time that night. It's just yeah. really funny because she didn't see anything. It's it's, <sighs> And we talked about this in the last uh, special episode we did, and it's like, you know what? Even if you don't see everything, the sounds, the smells, the 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 atmosphere, if somebody grabs you, it's all part of that thing, and it's fun. Yes. Yep. Yep. So from there, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I really can't pinpoint when things happen, but I have notes when we get to the events that I do remember. I just can't tell you what order they were because it was just so overwhelming this first year. And I, and I, I have a guess that's probably a uh, similar reaction to many people that go for their first time. Well, I, you know, and that's it's kind of funny because I was I actually just brought up the the um, the 2011 just to just because you're talking about your first time and that was my first time and I'm, I'm going through this stuff and I'm like, wow, I, there's, there's some of this stuff that I, it's triggering memories now, but I didn't even think about that I'd seen. So I get where you're coming from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's, I think it's a good thing. I think that I think just so is too. a testament to how awesome the experience is. All right. So um, we'll start with the scare zones. All right. Uh, uh, we've got midway of the bizarre and, and, if we didn't talk about it before we talking about it again, it's the, it's another rendition of the same thing. It's, it's now becoming same thing as Bill and Ted's. It's a staple. Um, I don't know. Do you have any notes about any specifics of the midway this year? Uh, let's see. And do you remember it? I, I, I cannot tell you specifics of it. I, I, and, 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 you know, the, the thing with the Midway of the Bazaar is, is it's really cool because they do different things every year and yet it's hard to pinpoint every year because it does have that same theme all going through it. You know what I mean? Right. 
I do I do have a memory of uh, there being side show, or a sideshow in this sideshows that we talked about before because I remember the first time I had gone there was a he was a what the heck was he I, I forget the term I want to say Hindi contortionist that's probably wrong but this was a a I would say at least six foot tall gentleman if not taller very skinny standing next to a plexiglass box that couldn't have been more than uh, three feet by three feet by three it was a cube and while we were just kind of waiting around he had climbed in the box shut the lid on it and then was in there for what seemed like the rest of the time we were in the area (laughs) so i remember that sideshow i don't remember characters specifically those all run together in the first few years but i absolutely remember seeing this sideshow in the midway of the bazaar this year well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's something that stands out to you when you're just kind of taking things in and all of a sudden a, a six foot guy stuffs himself in a box and doesn't come out. That's the thing. I never saw him get out. I, right. It's like, um, all right. Is he, does he have air? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's why I remember it because the whole thing started to fog up. Yeah. The longer he's in there, the foggier it got. I mean, it was it, it, it's October in Orlando. It, there's yeah. the humidity is still higher than anywhere else in the freaking world. It feels like so. It, yeah, it was steaming up real quick. America's Wayne getting steamy. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll move on to the shows, and I'm going to take this in a, a bit of a different order than than you might, because I'm going to take it in the order of my interest okay. and. And and basically, I'm looking for your biggest reactions is is what we're doing here. Okay. So I think we're going to start with the Dead Man's Party, Trick or Treats, the Dead Man's Party. Um, and this is a monster rock show. Did you go? No, no. Okay. I, and I see this here and I, I will tell you, I got even by the description, I got zero recollection of it. So this is something we didn't even uh, uh, pass by as was going on. I can't even tell you. I remember hearing a rock band sure. playing somewhere this totally sure. i completely missed and and this seems like a staple thing that they've been doing for the last few years is they've got this this you know place where they got bands playing or, or a, a rock show going on at, at certain times of the night and and doing those things um and so it's it, if anybody knows anything about this that would be great to hear but i'm i'm assuming it's just a variation on what they've been doing yeah um deadly delusions which is on the animal actors stage and uh you won't believe your eyes as you (laughs) witness this spellbinding display of unbelievable effects magic and shocking illusions so i'm guessing magicians yes and i kind of made my (sighs) i sound like a dick i don't mean to sound like a dick magicians and hypnotists and that kind of thing are not my thing so sure so i'm sure you didn't go exactly and i'm you know it was probably you know for people who like that stuff who like the shtick it was probably a pretty cool show yeah oh yeah they 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 always bring in really good people like all of the side shows that we've gone to have always been top quality shows of that type so probably a really good show not your thing no exactly and that's why i got those two out of the way because now i really this is the thing that I didn't realize that you had gone to mm-hmm. any of the parades. <laughs> yes, I had seen this parade. So our greatest festival of the dead parade. Yes. I'm not even going to read the description because I want you to tell me about it. I, oh man. Okay. I don't, again, I, I don't have many details from this. I have details of the event because 
it was one of those things where it's like we were just this was christy's first real night at halloween hard nights as well now she had worked it the year before but she was standing in the same spot every night and saw the same thing so we were both just taking it in and kind of walking around and next thing we know we are in the path of the parade and it had just started we're we're closer to the finish than the start so we decided oh. to stop and wait for it. Well, everyone else was already clued in. They knew what was going on. So we were way, way in the back of a very large crowd of people. Uh-huh. So the beads never got to us. No doubloons. I mean, they just couldn't throw them far enough because we were in the back. We could barely see anything. But we still, <laughs> what, what, what we could see. Now, what we could see, and that was cool, the stilt walkers. Ah, uh, uh, yes, of could, course. Could not see any of the ground level characters, but we could see the stilt walkers. And it was, the, it was just the... What I remember is the is the, is what we've seen uh, variations of what we've seen before. Each one matched the float. There was a like a uh, a sacrifice float. He was a dark cloaked figure. He was kind of demonic with big horns, and his his minions were shirtless guys with horns and painted probably red. It's it's hard. It was probably hard to see and hard to remember. Um, mm-hmm. The other floats had matched as well. I don't really remember exactly what floats there were because of the distance that we were at. So because I couldn't really see the parade, my focus of all things was the fire that was being shot off in the buildings as the parade was going on and going with the music. So I was actually kind of <laughs> captivated like a moth to a flame in a sense. That's actually kind of good. That, that's not a bad experience. Right. Though. It's yeah. I, again, it's, it's something we didn't plan to see. We just stumbled on. So we got like the tail end experience of it in a sense. Well, we saw the, whole run of it but we saw it from a distance so it was unfortunate but so so when we first started discussing the parades i was like oh we both missed like the whole era of parades and then i got to this year and i was looking it up and i'm like no you fucker you didn't tell me you'd seen any parades (laughs) Eh, well sort of that's the thing (laughs) well you saw this one so a little bit of this one yep all right so now we're at the highlight show for you and me yeah which is bill and ted's excellent halloween adventure eight this is yeah this is the first thing i think we went to i think before any of the mazes uh and it's uh give me a sec it's at the the wild west stage yep. where they usually have it and uh you know they do what three showings four showings a night i think this time okay yep. and so now this is the first thing you did so it would have been about eight fifteen, and you're going to bill and ted so lay it on me okay we this is what christy this is the one thing christy wanted to do because now at this point she is is working in entertainment uh far be it uh way or i'm sorry way away far cry from what she's doing today but she's finally got her foot in the door in entertainment so a lot of people that she has met are in this show so she's going one to support them and two to see what this is about and and to be part of the department she's working with so i had no i had no troubles going to see it but i had the reaction like i said earlier in the episode i'm like why bill and ted are you kidding me i'm like it must be cheap because why would you have bill and ted otherwise no idea what i was getting into (laughs) now i don't remember i couldn't sit here and tell you the show without my notes without seeing a uh, recap of it but putting the notes together I distinctly remember many of these things so I did put some notes together if you want me to take it over Please for a little do. bit from here yes do okay so the show opens with Jim and Michelle from American Pie that's the uh, oh <laughs> orange is the new black guy which we that's a different discussion we had <laughs> Jason uh, Biggs and the redhead from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, yeah so, um wow yeah well, this is the American Pie Year, apparently. I guess. Yeah. They are at 
they are there as attendees at Universal at Halloween Horror Nights, and they are wandering. Uh, excuse me, they are wandering around and happen to step onto the set of the Bill and Ted show because they were they were following the map and literally followed followed it onto the stage. So a little bit of a joke there. So the two spot a section where they can they can be alone and they go behind one of the facade stage doors. And of course, well, we know where we know where their story ended in American Pie. So we'll just suffice it to say they're picking up where they left off. <laughs> so as they are ducking behind stage, relaxed by Frankie goes to Hollywood, starts to play and the lights fade. And now we get to an announcement, which I don't have a note of any prior Bill and Ted doing this. I'm not saying that they didn't do it, but I am saying this is the first time I've noted that we are now the show starts with the announcement of pyrotechnics, loud noises, adult language, and um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, I don't want to say nudity. What do they say? Scantily clad or whatever you want to call it. So mm. we have the official warning noted as this year. I don't know that it's the only year they did this or first year, I should say, but this is the first year we've noted it. And then that breaks into Queens. We will rock you, which you and I know is now the, the audience start of the show. Mm-hmm. So the crowd is clapping and stomping their feet. Music stops. Lights go out. And a voiceover starts to play. And the voiceover says, I have the actual quote of this. The voice says, in October 1998, two time-traveling teenagers, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan, created Havoc and Mayhem. Shortly afterwards, the two teens disappeared. One year later, they will return to their last known location. So with the lights out, a flashlight comes on in center stage and it gets everyone's attention. And it's Heather from the Blair Witch Project. Mm. doing her yes whole oh. lost and whatnot thing so oh yes yeah, Blair which was so terrible <laughs> she starts talking about how everything was her fault she had lost the map she stops talking when she hears noises and the noises are coming from the closed door where jim and michelle had snuck off to and we hear michelle exclaim what's my name say my name bitch <laughs> so, yes yes so <laughs> it's a very odd opening it sounds like they were tying in Bill and Ted with Blair Witch Project for some reason. Other, I, well, I mean, well, not for some reason. We know the whole pop culture thing. The hard thing is American Pie and Blair Witches. Mm-hmm. That's a tough tie-in. Yeah. Especially since American Pie was really good and Blair Witch was really terrible. <laughs> well, eh. Uh, what? You didn't think Blair Witch was terrible? Oh, come on, man. It I'm was two hours of freaking yeah, no, shaky That's the thing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. My opinion goes back and forth on that. And it's like one of those time heals all wombs. And I want to sit here and defend it. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more it's becoming difficult. So I, I just, yeah, it's, I think I, the the longer I stay away from it, the, the more I, the memory I have is better than it probably actually is. First so. time I saw it, I was like, what in the fuck are people talking? Yeah. About? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, that's not even really a discussion worth having because I think my opinion is skewed because, like I say, it, it goes so long between viewings, which is once and never again. <laughs> and so I, I don't know what else to Love say. That. So, well, anyway, um, uh, so Heather screams and runs off stage from the sound. The original Wild Wild West TV theme plays, but Will Smith steps out accompanied by a female dance troupe. So this must be the year of the terrible remake that. I don't know anyone that saw. I take it back. We all know Aunt Nia's as one person that saw it because he sees every movie. But besides him, I don't know anyone else that saw this movie. I did. Oh, you did? 
I, I didn't know what I was in for. <laughs> oh, I, honestly, we never got Wild Wild West when I was a kid. Okay. And Will Smith had done no wrong at that point. I So uh, uh, we were just like, it was my rollerblading group at that point. We were just going to go to the movies and we're just like, oh, let's go see Wild. Oh, God, it was <laughs> such a mistake. I did almost see it because I am, uh, although it's he hasn't done much that I've been interested in seeing lately. I am a big Kevin Klein fan. Yeah. So, but I uh, have not seen this movie. <laughs> So as the dancing begins, the number is interrupted. As the phone booth appears, the doors open, but Bill and Ted don't step out. Who steps out? Dr. Evil. Another Austin oh. Powers year this year. So we're, we're well into the show without Bill and Ted. Yep. Yeah. Not the, um, uh, it may be the first time, not the last time. Okay. So, but anyway, uh, Dr. Evil is there to hold the set and the audience hostage for funds to create his own carnage filled, foul mouthed society destroying animated films. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the sentence. That's a word salad. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith starts to threaten Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil has him back up as mini me with a ray pistol appears pointed directly at Smith at, of course, what hand level would be for mini me. That would make any man back down. Yep. Yes. So Smith does back down. Dr. Evil begins to introduce the rest of his evil gang, starting with a heavy breathing black cloaked figure entering to the Imperial March only to drop the cloak to reveal that it's not Darth Vader, but it is Michael Jackson as he begins to perform a refrain of smooth criminal. Wow. Yeah, I know (laughs) that part. I don't quite remember, but I'm sure I laughed at it. I don't remember if this is, wow, is this, when was, oh, you probably don't know. I wonder when Ma- Michael Jackson's last allegation trouble was. I wonder if it was around this time. Oh, I don't know. I would venture a guess it wasn't far from this because, I mean, apart mm-hmm. from, uh, I mean, uh, all, all his albums made a ton of money, but Bad was like the first or the last real big release that anyone could probably name off the top of their head. That's a casual Michael Jackson fan. I, I know there's Michael Jackson fans Plus, that can tell me everything. I'm, I'm not saying there's not. Plus, if they're if they're using smooth criminal, that's just kind of yeah, kind of yeah. You're right. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. So the doors to the hay barn open, which is I believe is the barn all the way to the left of the stage. What's well, a completely different? Yeah. Oh, it's it's still a barn actually. It's now I think about it. If you're a factory, it's still like a barn. And Bill and Ted arrive with Austin Powers, but not in the phone booth. I don't have what they. Arrive in maybe um and this is a guess I don't remember but it's popped into my DeLorean? head it may be his what's that DeLorean no I'm thinking it might be the mini with the um oh the the uh, Union Jack on the top mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why it pops in my head I mean I could have that memory from TV or I could have it from this show wait no it would have been the uh, well it could have been the mini but uh, Austin's wasn't the mini oh wasn't Austin's, yeah Austin's dad was the mini. Austin's was the bug. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you're... Yeah, I might be confusing him with Mr. Bean. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not... So, I don't think it was a, the mini with the Union Jack then. Then I'm not sure what he arrived in. I don't have the note, and my memory is gone, unfortunately, for that. Uh, but it could have been a DeLorean as well. But anyway, and back to the show. Doesn't matter. Uh, Bill and Ted explain that Dr. Evil stole their time machine while they are traveling through the summer movie releases, warning audience about this year's horrible movies, which include Wild Wild Waste, Eyes Board Shut, Star Wars The Phantom Suckfest, and The Blair Bitch Project. 
Oh, this was the Phantom Suckfest year. I forgot. 1999. Yep. What a way to usher in the new millennia. Mm. Yes. So, Destroy all of your previous childhood <laughs> memories. <yeah. laughs> so they partnered with Austin Powers because he was a true box office giant. Dr. Evil explains it's too late and Minnie Me is going to use a laser to disassemble every molecule in their body. But Bill and Ted came prepared. They have backup in the form of Felicity Shagwell and the Mystery Men, specifically the Spleen, the Shoveler, Mr. Furious, and the Bowler. So everyone but Janine Garofalo, I think, if I remember correctly. No, she's the Bowler. So I think yes. everybody. Why do I think there's a fifth Mystery Man missing? There is. It's the Hank Azaria character. Yes. I don't remember what his name was, though. I don't either. But damn, that was a good movie. I, for, I keep forgetting about that movie, but I like that movie. That's one of those ones where it's like I saw the preview and went, I really want to see that. Never got around to it. Then it came to like this dollar theater that used to be near where we lived, where they actually had full service restaurant and bar and you could smoke in there. And we went and saw it and went, I can't believe I didn't see this, but this is a much better movie to be watching while drinking, eating and smoking. Exactly. It's it's it's. Clearly a lowbrow movie, but it's funny. I think it's funny. Yeah, I agree. That's a it's a great cast too. Janine well, Garofalo, Ben Stiller, yeah. Paul Rubens, William H Macy. I mean, when he's yes. funny, he's really funny. Hank Azaria is always funny. I love Hank yeah. Azaria. And I mean, I'm not a Stiller fan, but that's one of the things that I didn't mind watching him. In. <laughs> okay, right, right. So uh, Doctor Evil pulls out a revolver and then fires blindly at the good guys. From there, he and Michael Jackson run off. Well, they run to the phone booth, actually, and Mini-Me drops the ray gun and follows. Will Smith reaches into the phone booth before it closes, grabbing Mini-Me by the ankles and throws him to Bill and Ted. So I do remember this because it was obviously not a little person he was throwing. It was a dummy. But it, the, the initial shock, because you, you've seen the phone booth with the spray of the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, fog and everything. And if I remember correctly... The Will Smith character reached in, and as he was pulling Mini Me out, the fog was just starting, so you didn't see the switch, uh, true of the actor and the dummy, and just seeing this body fly through the air just took us aback for a minute, and then just was cracked everybody so, up. Let me get this straight: Bill and Ted had a dwarf toss in their <laughs> yeah, show. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it continues because awesome. Ted, Ted throws Mini-Me to Mr. Furious, who yells batter up and then pitches into the shoveler. <laughs> the shoveler swings and sends Mini-Me through the air behind the set of gallows, which is to the right of the stage, looking at it from the audience. I know exactly where that is. So I can picture that landing and probably bouncing over the uh, as it went over, too. I mean, it, the, it was probably a great show when he swung, hit it, and, it, and he, the dummy bounced off the gallows. It was probably like an extra bonus laugh for these performers that night or any night. So it, it not only was it a dwarf toss, it was a dwarf toss plus plus plus. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Awesome. After the dummy lands behind the the facade where you can't see it, a second mini me actor jumps up, gives the old up yours do the the fist and the elbow up, and then runs off. So, yeah, the whole setup <laughs> thing that was just when done right was freaking hilarious, and and yeah, I right. saw it done right. Uh, the group, the good guys, the group of good guys, they start to formulate a plan for that when of how to get Dr. Evil back to them and then stop his whole plan. While the group plots, the spleen kind of wanders over and picks up the ray gun that the first mini-me had uh, dropped and, expects it and, ins- and ins- uh, inspects it. 
And he questions, hey, what does this switch do? And as he does, he fires a gun, disintegrating Bill and Ted on stage. Oh, <laughs> so the group starts to fight among themselves. Of course, who's to blame and what they're going to do? Mr. Furious, Furious sees a cell phone on the ground where Bill and Ted were standing. It's the phone home device that brings the phone booth back. The shoveler grabs it from him, recognizing what it is and calls the booth back. Dr. Evil arrives. Michael Jackson's with him. And now they have even more help as usual in the form of and no one but Bill and Ted Halloween Horror Nights can make up this duo, Marilyn Manson and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yes. I'm not touching that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, let's see. There's, and there's, after the crowd reacted to this appearance, there was one last uh, special introduction for the bad guy entourage. The... Lights dim, spotlights go on the phone booth. The Duel of Fates music starts. About the the best thing to come out of the Phantom Menace is that song. Mm. And from the phone booth emerges a pint-sized, red and black-faced, dark Lord <laughs> of the Sith, spinning a double lightsaber, which Dr. Evil announces as Mini Mall. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Okay, yeah, that's terribly awesome, but it's terrible. <laughs> Duel of Fates plays as he's spinning his lightsaber. The music suddenly changes into an or an upbeat, heavy bass rift, and a scantily clad, red and black painted, hooded female dancer emerges, and Dr. Evil introduces her as Strip Mall. <laughs> there. So, like, hello? I had a mouthful there. Okay. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so now with the uh, like all, we got the strip, strip mall. mall yep. Now with all the bad guys on stage, Doctor Evil orders a no attack. The Sith dancer lowers her hood to reveal that she's actually a vampire, which cues an entrance from Buffy from Buffy mm. the Vampire Slayer to arrive. So at the opposite end, those two start facing off. Opposite end of the stage, Will Smith and Michael Jackson start to face off, and classic as those two lock. In their, I don't know what you would say, their poses, their face-off pose, like a classic Western face-off music is heard. And if I remember correctly, it's the, oh, is it the good, bad, and the ugly? The wah, wah, wah. I'm not sure yeah. what that's from. Is that what yeah. it's from? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, whatever that's from. Everyone knows that song. I'm pretty sure that's what the music was. And they get ready to do the whole draw. And they do. They set up for it. And when they yell draw, they actually start with a dance off. And <laughs> Michael Jackson starts dancing to black or white. Will Smith fires back with some getting jiggy with it. Those were the two songs they mm-hmm. fought off with. So the dance moves bring them closer and closer. And at the point where it appears like Michael Jackson is about to win, Will Smith fires back with a simple bitch slap across Michael's chin, sending the king of pop off stage in tears. Aww. Yeah. In the ensuing melee, Dr. Evil has retrieved the call home phone. He points it at the side of the stage, activating a new time portal. And the theme from Fat Albert begins to play. And even though I believe this is the year the Fat Albert live action movie came out, instead, Fat Bastard meanders on stage. <laughs> nice okay. switch. I yes, I know, right? Good s- switch. <laughs> and yeah. that's probably the exact feeling I had. I'm like, oh, and I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going to, yeah. 
In a fictional duel, I would have never thought of in a million years, fat bastard and a spleen face off. <laughs> okay. The spleen from Mystery Men? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's I, great. I, How? I'm just trying to uh, uh, assemble this in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the spleen is the one who comes out victorious because he pulls the whole silent but deadly finger pull that sends backstage, or I mean, sends right. backstage, sends fat bastard down the well. Yeah. You always have the well and the trap door. I haven't seen the trap door yet, and I don't recall it, but I'm sure it'll come to me as I'm reading here. Uh, Mini Maw closes in on the rest of the mystery men, but not before Mace Windu exits this porthole that Dr. Evil had set up, declaring that I'm going to get medieval on your ass. And Mini Maw and Windu start a, uh, well, for <laughs> lack of a better term, the lightsaber fight. Now, I don't, you asked about the lightsabers in Darth Vader's appearance yeah. when he dealt with Bill, and I. I kind of remember being the FX sabers in this, and they probably did release them for Phantom Menace. Really? I think so. (sighs) I kind of have that memory of those sabers being in this show. Because I don't remember the FX sabers till I bought you yours, and that was several years after uh, this happened. So, well, in '99, I was still in. in Washington state. Okay. I could be, I certainly could be mistaken. I don't have a photographic memory of this, but I do remember, I do know not this year, but later. And I think it's the attack of the, not attack of the clones. What's the last one? Revenge of the Sith year. I know Anakin's in it. And I know they definitely have the FX saber in that, that I absolutely positively remember happening. So I may be mixing the two up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to the show. That really does not. It doesn't matter what they have because they fought. And what? Ha- <laughs> yeah, what happens is the uh, uh, they they lead over to the trapdoor area we just talked about, and uh, Windu is the one who is actually led over to the trapdoor, which is over by the gallows. But as Mini Me does a dark force. Uh, push or whatever you would call it to open the trapdoor, Mace grabs onto one of the ropes hanging from the gallows. Swings over the trap door. Mini Maul comes to attack him and falls down. So he's the one who actually ends up going down the trap door in the end. Uh huh. Yep. So the heroes start to cheer, the cheer again, but the lights go dim again. And audience spotlight is the uh, spotlight over the audience. I should say is is lit up, and it's lit up on none other than. And here's a name I can't believe it's taken so long to hear in Bill and Ted's Jerry Springer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, by the way, first FX lightsabers were 2002. Okay, so then uh, I'm mixing it up with the appearance of Anakin later in this show. So there are probably the plastic props that we theorized last time. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, Jerry Springer takes over, and he starts to walk down the stage, giving his final thoughts, which turns into kind of a makeshift eulogy for the disintegrated Bill and Ted. He's interrupted as the phone booth reappears on stage. The theme to Star Wars plays, and Yoda steps out with two robed Jedis and announced, always two there are. The music changes from the Star Wars theme as the Jedis remove their robes, and it's Bill and Ted, and we hear the... I don't know if it's the Wild Stallions theme, but the rock music more associated with them. Right. So Jerry explains, but I saw you die. And Bill replies, strike us down and we'll return more excellent than you can ever imagine. That's a groaner now, but I loved it when I saw it because any Star Wars reference and anything outside of Star Wars, I love. 
But, oh, no, it's not even a groaner now. I love okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but it's not over yet because Dr. Evil returns once again, and this time saying, stopping the show with not saying not so fast, boys. Bill and Ted get a little bit angry, but Jerry Springer explains that Dr. Evil is actually here for a different reason, and he prompts Dr. Evil to say something, which is by asking him, don't you have something more you want to say? A softened Dr. Evil approaches Bill and Ted with his arms extended and explains, Bill, I'm your freaking daddy. <laughs> Bill exclaims, no, and Jerry consoles him by saying, we're all one big Halloween family. Can't we just be excellent to each other? Bill agrees, and Ted declares that there's one thing left to do, and that is rock. The music and dance starts. Bill does ask, how are we going to get all these Hollywood icons back to their proper time in movies? Dr. Evil has an idea and leads the stage into a live performance of the Time Warp from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, jeez. The music finally concludes with a Latin invasion by J-Lo and a final number with Ricky Martin doing Livin' La Vida Loca. The stage explodes, as always, and the show is over. This was a big one. And wow. I think I, my notes are just enhanced because I was remembering details as I was reading the recap. So this was longer probably than any other Bill and Ted uh, summary we did, but it's because things had to come back to me as I wrote this. So I remember just being in, amazed by this show after going into it going, why on earth am I going into anything with Bill and Ted 20 years after Bill and Ted? I was so wrong. Yeah. that's It sounds like a fantastic show to go to. Yep. It was, yeah. I mean, it's um, this. I have three favorites. Uh, we haven't got to my favorite yet, and I won't say what year because I don't want to spoil it. This is probably my second favorite because it's my first, and my third favorite was last year. Yeah, uh, last year was really good. Yeah, it was. Yep. And you know, I, I I don't know that this is better or worse than that one. It's just my first, so I think it has a that yeah. whole personal connection to me yeah special special uh sort of thing yep yep so that's bill and ted all right so after bill and ted uh we start needing to go through the mazes that was our last show so we start going through the mazes we've got as you mentioned we got five mazes again this year and uh, we have the first 3d maze this year as well yes so let's start with Doomsday. Uh, Doomsday is going a journey through the warped underground of New York City as the impending arrival of the millennium brings out the worst in a city that never sleeps. Mm. So this sounds kind of like a combination of the, the New York sewer thing that we saw before and the whole millennium factor. Yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't see this. I, I will say this year, I'd only saw two houses. So the first three we were going to talk about, I did not see. But the research I did do for the show sounds exactly like what, what you described. It was the, the underground, the worst of the worst having survived the, not survived, but everyone hiding underground, the worst of the worst, of course, are dominating and taking over and protecting their territory and attacking everyone that's coming through. All driven by the whole y2k scare yeah and uh you know might as well use it the y2k scare for those of us in the industry the y2k scare was never really a scare it yeah it's like uh <laughs> come on really uh, no elevator cares if it's 19 <laughs> it, right? no elevator cares if it's 2000 or 1900 right like most of these things that critical systems that everybody was so worried about because it would be 1900 instead of 2000 it was like they don't care what day it is yeah yeah um we did have to fix a ton of stuff don't yes. get me wrong but 
Anyway, it was just it was so much fun to see that that mayhem going. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. I mean, entertaining being from the angle we saw it, knowing knowing exactly it's like no, it's just it's really a petty annoyance. It's a bookkeeping thing all, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> but I'll just watch everyone go nuts. It's fine. I was really upset that I hadn't stocked up on generators and stuff <laughs> like that I could sell on so, eBay. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um so all right so after that we're gonna talk about insanity yeah now if i had oh i'm sorry give the description sorry i'm just so used to leading the show i'm sorry i know that's <laughs> no worries man uh we, we're gonna have to get used to yep. this uh, so insanity is the revenge crazed inmates are running the asylum so again we're we're back to a, an asylum thing where the inmates have taken over but i'm sure that they've taken a new new shtick to this yeah um I don't have any real notes on details. I have more notes. And actually, really, the note I have is that this is kind of the precursor to an ongoing story that they develop very soon after this, Psychoscarapy. And they do different versions of it. And there's rumors that it will feature a kind of a crossover with another original property this year. And this sounds like it was not the first version of psychoscarapy, but kind of the um, it's probably the genesis the of it. Yeah, yeah, inspiration, inspiration for it. So, being the fan I am now, I'm sorry I didn't see it, but I I had no idea back then. Sure, and and you know I I you know I look at this and it's like even when we talked about the other asylum one they did, I'm like. You know that asylums are just really, really great scare fodder for for any of this stuff. Like, uh, there's a reason that Arkham Asylum is such a, yep. a, a, a you know trending game and such a, a you know trending place for them to use for the Batman games because asylums are just freaky to start with, and then you just kind of throw a twist into an asylum and <laughs> did gets fun. Do you watch American Horror Story? I do not. Oh, I I do. Christy and I okay. both do, which is odd for Christy to watch it, but she loves it. Hands down, my favorite. And I, I really don't, I don't talk to many people, if anybody, about American Horror Story. So I don't know if I am an oddball on this or if I'm in the majority, but my favorite year of it was Asylum. Oh, uh, okay. Because so it's just, I, yeah. I've heard good things about it. I just haven't gotten to it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Cool. And yeah, like, asylum stuff is always just uh I, I just remember video games going anytime you'd have to start or go through an asylum it was just you knew it was going to be the creepy part of the game yeah, right the, yeah. one of the creepier parts of the game right because yeah so we move on to uh we're gonna do the headliner here universal's creature features in 3d yeah oh this this was over in the uh the naserman's area yep um we've we've talked about the naserman's area if you've listened to our shows you know exactly where it is now it was put on the 3d glasses uh some of hollywood's worst nightmares literally jump off the screen of a neighborhood movie theater at florida's first ever 3d maze and we have gone to several well, we go to the all the houses so we've gone to what i've gone to five now these are always always awesome yeah oh yeah and so you did not see this one right i didn't and you would think i would for two reasons one it being 3d and so unique and two being the classic universal monsters which i'm a yeah. big fan of now there is a little bit of a story not real exciting in fact kind of lame 
but we we tried to go. I tried oh, to go okay. at least. I tried to go. Christy, not big on the houses, and you'll see a, a kind of a pattern when we get to the houses we went to. Mm-hmm. But after we had done the houses we had done, I had asked her to, can we please go see this? And she agreed. It was really close to the close of the event. Mm-hmm. We had gotten in line. The line didn't move. We must have waited like 15, 20 minutes. It, I mean, by then it was clear that they had stopped people coming through. So we left. So I tried, right. but it was too late. Too late. Uh, that would have been a good one to see, I think. Um, especially, like, I I have a real appreciation for the fact that they did the first 3d house the first new technology house with the oldest creatures that they have right right i think that's just a great juxtaposition for them to do and it, it's just a, a real uh callback or honor for you know honoring the the original creatures that got them started with all this stuff um i do have some technical notes on the 3d portion of it because that's really awesome. interesting. Now it's not. It's really. It's a three D I'd never seen before until I had gone to Halloween Horror Nights. You have your uh, anaglyph three D, which is typically the red and blue. Sometimes it's like a pink and green. You have mm-hmm. your uh, polarizing three uh, D, which is what you get in the movies now, where one. I think the left eye is hard is vertical and the right is horizontal. I might have that backwards. This is something completely different. This is called chroma depth. So what it is is that it takes the spectrum and yellow is kind of the basis point. Le- yellow is the actual depth that your your eyes see. Red mm-hmm. is drawn towards you and blue is pushed further away. So right. from yellow to red, the orange spectrum is in between there. And from yellow to blue, the green is in between there as well. So what they do is strategically paint things the specific color, primarily red, green and blue and but with some orange and some and some variations of green green yellow in there as well but they strategically paint things for the 3d effect so it's an extremely unique 3d it is and we've seen a house like this you and me yes yeah Yes, and that's what they have done for all their 3D houses. Oh, is it all? Of yes. Them? Okay. Well, th- they do it in such a good way that some of the 3D actually looks like like it's either the uh, either of the other two. But yeah, it's it's really cool. What's really cool about doing the chroma depth thing is that you don't have to. Um, I don't want to say this. You don't have to look dead on square at a picture and get the effect because the colors yes. are working in so many different ways. No matter where you look, it actually I think. For something that you're continually moving in is a better idea than any other 3D option. And we're living proof that the, <laughs> the, the effects work really yes. good. Yep, yep. Now, I will say this. Um, with the, the 3D houses, uh, they're usually not the scariest houses for no, me. No, that is true. That is true. Um, and I think part of it is, is they, they play with your vertigo a little bit, and they play with all that stuff. So there aren't quite as many characters and that kind of stuff. Um, but they're always really interesting and really fun and they still do creep you out yeah <laughs> true they're memorable they're, they're definitely they're much, memorable they're much more psychological than physical yes oh yeah that's that's true um i don't know because i wasn't in it but i know one year we went if not every year that we had a 3d house they used the tunnel at least in one of them and that one really really mm-hmm. messes you up mm-hmm. 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 
<laughs> All right. So um, we're going to move on to the mummy. Yes. And the, the mummy was located in the earthquake queue, which we always also know fairly well after the last nine episodes or eight episodes of talking about this. The, the mummy queue has been, or sorry, the earthquake queue has been used quite a, quite a bit. And this is navigate the depths of the mysterious Egyptian tomb and face ancient priests who want to make you a permanent residence. Yes. This is my pick. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, 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 I mean, I love Egyptology and I love all of the history around. Uh, I love all the, the real history around it. And I also love all of the mythos around it. So if I had to go and pick one thing, even the Bill and Ted thing, I would pick the mummy. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. It was based after the 1999 Brandon Fraser movie that came out. Well, the same year as 1999. Hmm. So then maybe not so much, but still, <laughs> I, I still think I would do it because it's cool. Well, this is, that's a, the primary reason we saw this house and the next house is because they are property houses that are, they weren't original houses they're IP houses. So I think Christy subconsciously thought she might be better prepared for what's coming at her. Although we both know full well, and anyone that's been to Halloween Horror Nights, that is not the case. No, 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 no. So that's that's why we went to the houses we went to. And this was the first one we had actually gone to. So this is my first house. And okay. not to be contrary to what other people say, it's not not my it's not my favorite. It's not bad. It's just not my favorite. My favorite is okay. well, well into the future. Oh, I'm sure. So but it was based after the movie. It was it was this is what we would have called the hot house. It was but it was mainly guys. Uh-huh. Uh, it was various ver- it was the priest, not so much from the description. It was more various versions of Emotep, uh, oh, the, okay. the mummy. And you saw, you kind of started off with the skinless version. And actually, the one you see in the ride is what you see at the entrance. And okay. then the characters were like shirtless guys with various versions of Emotep through his, I guess you'd say, various transitions, like the, mm-hmm. the Sandy Ash one to the, the, the fully realized human Emotep. Mm-hmm. Those were the main characters. Now you did have, I guess, what you would call the priest, the robe characters, characters with the shake cans. There was some hot Egypt Cleopatra-ish type dressed women for the guys to see, but by and large, it was it was very Egyptian-based sarcophaguses, the hieroglyphics, the um. I think you probably did have um. Oh, I I it suddenly uh jumped in my head that a um. Oh, what is the uh. Anubis and Anubis, so the, the horse-headed character oh, yeah. may have appeared. That would make sense. Head. Yeah, yeah, the fox-headed character. Yes, yes. Okay, fox-headed. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe it was a statue or maybe it was a character, but very very Egyptian. Uh, lots of tight corners. Lots of uh, uh the the um yeah. See the, that, hidden, that, the hidden to walls. Me, yep. That sounds just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was good. It was good. And this is a this is a hell of a. This was the cover of the event, so this was probably where a majority of the focused focus went into the details. So this was the one to start my Halloween Horror Nights tradition with, for sure. So, so as a segue, uh, how much of of the stuff that they used in this particular uh, maze actually made it into the the queue line or any of that stuff for the ride? <laughs> That's a good question. I never thought the compare the two i don't know but oh, with that okay. in my head now next time i go we'll, we'll see what i remember now i mean hell it's like 17 years later but 
Uh, yeah, sixteen years later. Sorry, sixteen years later. Yeah, and yeah, right. A lot of alcohol being poured through that brain of yours. So, but maybe, maybe, maybe maybe Uh, something. No, I I just thinking because because it's not. But we'll get into this, I'm sure. But it can't be too much longer before the mummy shows up as a ride. Yeah, that's a good question. And in fact, there's there's something in rides and attractions stage fifty four, the mummy. Yes. Okay. But it, it, let's get into that right now. Since we're talking about the mummy, the mummy maze, let's talk about the mummy in stage 54. Okay. Do, do you have details on that? I do. That was, it was much like the, uh, the Frankenstein thing from the year before where they had a bunch of, uh, props and mm-hmm. promo stuff and displays and production stills from the movie. So it was a, it was a promo. Pop. They did not have the party. At least not the night we went, and it doesn't sound like from any other people's recollections that they had the party they had last year for the uh, the Frankenstein thing, which I can't remember the full uh-huh. name. But it was so yeah. So the the interesting thing for me is that you know when I saw rides and attractions on this one, I didn't really read stage fifty four. I just read the Mummy, and I was like, oh, it's no. the new ride. <laughs> no, and it's not. not. Nope. So interesting. The um oh. the way to tell that is if confrontation's on the list, it isn't the mummy because that's where it is now. Aha! <laughs> I actually I I knew that in my head, but since I never actually rode confrontation, uh, it just didn't sink in. Yep. Well, actually, I have the answer here. Not that it spoils anything in the future. The mummy opened in two thousand four. Oh, so it is so a few years. Yeah, down it's another the road five here. years. Yep. So maybe, uh, maybe there are, well, maybe there were a few props they robbed, but it's not as close as I thought it would be. Interesting. Cool. All right. So this rolls us right into our last maze, which is Psycho. Yes. Through the mind of Norman Bates. And this one was on Soundstage 23, which we all know well, if you've been following along and it's experiencing the chilly, violent images that take Norm, that torment Norman's soul for heaven's sake. Don't go into the shower. <laughs> so, uh, please tell me about this. Okay. So this was uh, post the Bates Mansion and the Bates Motel area. I, 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 I don't recall ever seeing them. So they must have been torn down before I had gotten there. So this, I was definitely in florida and definitely had gone to universal Studios, so it must be post that i could be wrong and i did not look it up but they didn't use it for this house but what it was they started off with the uh sanitarium and it was the i had to look it up it's a Fairfield sanitarium where norman bates in the history of the all the movies and well now well the show wasn't out then but of mm-hmm. all the movies and the various retellings within its own movies where he was committed so you enter in the reception desk which we have done this before where you enter a house and it's very the first room is very ordinary not scary and it just sets up the story that is exactly what this was so i remember going in that going okay that was what's something is it going to get worse is something going to happen so it already it the innocuousness of it puts you on your toes early even though nothing happens mm-hmm. you know okay. which is awesome yeah, yeah. And, that, and and they do that really really well yep. because it, and, and for for first timers uh when you actually get to the mazes yeah you're, you're kind of in a congo line with no dancing um you're going through this and <laughs> right. and you're looking left and right and you've got a lot of things going around and you're trying to soak in all the details but at the same time you know you've got this this pace to keep up and so you're trying to keep up all the details. And when you go into a, one of those first rooms and it's like, there's really nothing going on. It's really calm and it's really serene. It's like, 
oh shit, they're setting me up for something really bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, okay. So now the next area, I probably didn't put together what was happening until well after, even if I did after, I definitely. It makes more sense in my notes now that it probably didn't went when it went through it. So you lead the reception desk room and you walked over the bridge that is surrounded by the tunnel. It's the starlight tunnel. You've seen it, the one that has a like a thousand pinholes in it, and they they sign they shine super bright lights from the outside in. So you get this crisscross of starlights all over as the the thing is spinning. You've been through this tunnel. Yes, I've they, been through this tunnel. I've been through this tunnel in a 3D house, and I almost fell over. <laughs> right, yep. So, they, yeah, they use it. Uh, I don't know if they use it. I don't recall it last year, so they might not use it every year, but they've used it several times. So this is your traveling from reality into Norman Bates' minds. I don't think I got that when I went through mm. it the first time. Okay. So from there, you go into a padded room or a it's not a square room. It's a padded maze, and the padding is in all types of different angles and whatnot. And this is where the hidden patients start jumping. The psychotic patients in straight jackets start popping out at you, screaming. And now things have definitely turned from the worst from that reception desk. Uh-huh. So from there, uh, I remember you, you moved into, I think, if I remember correctly, you walked under you know those big black hanging I don't even know what you would call it. Oh, them. yeah. yeah the, 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 that separate the room where you can't possibly see what's ahead of you, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. Yeah, it, it's it's like the um the, the old uh, hippie bead curtains. No, not even that. They're like black, thick black plastic strips that yeah, are about like a half foot black, long. Right. It's, yeah. it's like they use for, for okay. keeping you I from, see what you're saying, yeah. From, from yep. uh, like a cold zone to a warm zone. Yes, in, that's in, it, yeah. Yep. In, uh, in, in freezers and yes, stuff. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what they're like. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, but they blacken them, not yeah. clear like normal. <laughs> no. They blacken them so that you have no idea what you're getting into next. Well, yeah. Uh, from there, you move into a room that's a strobe light. And the strobe light rooms are always so disorienting, and there's always something cool going on. And this particular room, there is just a, it seemed like a thousand, but it was probably more like 50. It just seemed like a thousand because my first experience, knives, spinning knives from the ceiling of all sizes, just <laughs> spinning all around. Uh, but oh, it, it, but it's it, it's the same knife that's from the shower the 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 carving knife. Uh huh. Yep. So at this point, are are you seeing any blood? No, I don't recall blood in any of these houses I went in. Of oh, the two I went in, that's I, I mean to, to to an extent of what we call the blood house. Let's say yeah. So there will I be blood. Thinking, yep. Yeah, I was thinking like like psycho of all of the ones we've talked to about psycho would have been the blood house, but. Sounds like not. No. Uh, well, I mean, there's there there is blood at the end. I distinctly remember that. Well, we know what scene it's going to be. Yeah. Anyone that's ever heard of Psycho, but uh, but what I do remember from this house, and we've seen this in other things, and it's so damn effective in a strobe light room, is that there was people in full black body suits that with like the the knives. I think were were probably almost painted in a reflective paint to catch the strobes and they would jump out at you and all you would see was like, it was like a figure blocking the light holding a knife over your head it just oh it was so <laughs> awesome uh, yeah yep uh so when we got out of the, stro- the strobe lights and you're kind of getting your vision back you were inside a closet well not a closet it was a huge room but a, a huge rack of dresses the same dress norman's the dress norman would dress in of his mother's over and over again it, it again it felt like thousands it's probably like 50 on each side but it felt like it went on forever my first experience is super overwhelming and from out of the 
between the clothes would be the 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 oh. corpse version of Roman's mother jumping out at you, like the oh. one in the chair. Oh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yep. oh, yeah. Yep. There, oh, yeah. And there was several. Uh, well, again, feels like several on each side. It's probably one or two, but it just again, my memories of it are just so exaggerated because it's my first time, and my adrenaline yep. was through the freaking roof. And and mind you, my wife has buried her face in my back this whole time as well. Oh. Oh, and we'll get there because you're, you remember that you were an asshole and took me onto saws and steam as my first house, right? Uh, I thought your first house was the 3D house where we. No, saws oh, okay. and steam right. was my first okay. house. <laughs> Prick. Saws and steam is a great story, though. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but as a first house, it was. <laughs> so, um, next room was just a. It was. It was. This was. Uh, uh, kind of a duplicate of the knife room, but instead of the knife, it was it was illuminated eyeballs from the ceiling, it, which I guess just the whole psychotic part of it. Not necessarily. I can't pinpoint anything in Psycho that has to do with an eyeball, but what it was was another chance to use the black bodysuited characters to jump out at you with knives again. Same thing, right. still just as effective. Still scared the freaking shit out of me th- sure. when it happened again. So we get a uh, another bridge walk, but not with a um, not the spinner, not a spinner. No, we get a bridge walk, and on either side are is the. I'm sorry, I think it's on one side. I don't think it's on either side this time. On one side is the shower curtain with the silhouette uh-huh. of the figure of the figure of the knife wielding Norman. Uh, that whole scene and whatnot. I don't recall actually seeing any characters pop out, which seems like it would be a perfect op- opportunity, which makes me think we might have gone during a shift change at that particular room because... Or they were just using the psychological effect. Or Yeah, yeah, it could have been as well. But it seems like... Because they do, they do subtlety yeah. well in some places, so who knows? Yep. So, um, so after that, we go into the actual shower, and I'm saying it in quotes, and it's yeah. really just a room of fog to simulate the steam. Yeah, and f- and and in there is the the body. It was she was already killed. I I completely ashamed of myself that I don't recall the character's name, even though I've seen the movie. And I don't remember. So the body's on the floor, and as that draws your attention, there are more characters <laughs> around. If I remember right, it was like. A hodgepodge of everything we just saw. You got some black suits, you got some decrepit uh, mothers, and you have um, I don't remember Norman, <laughs> so I think that was it. So it's like it's like the the last is a culmination of everything you saw popping out of the hidden walls that are being hidden by the fog slash steam. Right. And awesome, awesome house. Uh, my I was kind of hoping my wife would come home during this part of the recording so she could say what she remembered because it would have been funny because it would have been nothing but she's not here (laughs) but i remember it being really really cool yeah it sounds i mean it sounds like a really good first experience yes oh it it was it was and especially since you got to go on like uh uh, the night where it's just employees and it's their uh, what we found out in our interview it's like their dress rehearsal yes right which i didn't realize i mean i'd been to I'd say like five employee previews with my wife and never realized that. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it's for that to be your first experience into Halloween horror nights. That's actually pretty cool. And I think it kind of makes up for missing the first <laughs> yeah. year that you should have been there. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My only, right. only regret is not seeing the 3d house, the very first 3d house, but 
Yeah. Know. Well, you tried. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the uh, um, the mazes, and so we're going to go through the rides and attractions. There's not a there's nothing really here that's changed. I don't think uh, we've got confrontation once again. Twister ride it out, which is replaced. Uh, I believe earthquake. No, it's um no uh, disaster. No, no, that's earth uh, disaster is what replaced earthquake now. Oh, okay. So, tw- okay. So we're still on Twister. Yeah, Twister, mind. I don't think replaced anything as far as Halloween and Horror Nights goes. It's replaced a few other things, but I think that venue was just not open in its various previous incarnations was just not open at Halloween Horror Nights. Got it. Okay. So we got Twister, right it out. It's open this time. Um, the uh, fantastic world of <laughs> Hanna-Barbera yet again. Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review, which of course is, is still there, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah it's still going strong. And I don't, I, can't imagine why because it's yeah it's timeless we've talked about that yep. earthquake the big one uh jaws of course this is the return of jaws uh for universal back to the future the ride terminator 2 3d battle across time and of course stage 54 the mummy which we talked about earlier right yep yep all right and i think that wraps it up for for all of the the stuff that you could see that night yeah, so, I mean that's <laughs> that's pretty thorough. What I wanted to know is what is your memory of going home? Like you get home, you sit down on the couch, or you you starting to go to bed. What is your brain thinking? Oh, I man, that's a good question. Um, I remember being pretty wound up for the evening. Um, I didn't realize. I mean, it just didn't occur to me that this is something you go to more than once. So. It's. I immediately have the. Oh, I wish we had done this. Wish, wish we had done that. Not realizing I can go buy a ticket at this point and mm-hmm. go again. It just didn't occur to me. It just seems like a once and done thing. Um, and just re-kicking myself for missing ninety eight and just looking forward to two thousand. I just that's that's about all I can remember. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, uh, you know, your experiences and stuff. I know oh, yeah, it's a long it's time about. ago. Yep. Yeah, I know it's a long time ago for you, but still, you know, just getting those little stories and and stuff like that, it just adds a whole lot to what we're talking about that we didn't have in, in our previous episodes. Right. So that's, yep. that's really great. Yeah. No, I've been looking forward to finally getting to the years that I can recall things and add a more personal perspective too so and it, it just uh, the memories will just should be getting stronger with each one and i'm really looking forward to getting to uh 2011 where we can both enjoy that yeah that's gonna be fun yep well that wraps it up for 1999 we will be back with 2000 and that will be we've discussed this you've asked questions questions will finally begin to be answered it's finally the start of the icon era Woo-hoo! I think a lot of people are looking forward to hearing about this as well. At least I hope they are. I know I'm looking forward to talking about it. So with that, I will say thanks for listening. All of our contact information is about to follow. If you have any short stories to share about this year or any year, or even your first experience with Halloween Horror Nights, please don't hesitate to drop us a line at any of the points of contact we're about to go through. And I'll say one more time, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. 
The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. 